0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Welcome to our November series. So in November, we're doing a series called At the Movies and you may have been part of this before. The idea is that we uh, we have a little bit of fun with it, but obviously, you know, we want to bring biblical truth and and, you know, when I was 21, just because I was too serious for my own good, uh, if I'd heard we are doing an At The Movie series, I would have been thinking, oh, here we go, you're going to be lightweight for a month. And uh, But, you know, you grow up and you take yourself a little less seriously, hopefully. And I think you're going to get lots out of it. I don't know if you, any of you are here for this morning with Bron. Um, I read the transcript. It looked hilarious to me and it looked deep. And I think this is going to be helpful to you tonight. So as we launch into this series, today I'm, I'm going I'm to preach really as a backdrop, I'm going to use the movie Up. Anyone seen the movie Up? Just a show of hands. Who hasn't seen the movie Up? Show of hands. Who's not sure? By the look of that few gaps, some of you are not sure whether you've seen the movie Up. Well, for those of you who haven't seen the movie Up, it's the story of Carl Fredrickson, who realises that he and his wife Ellie had not gone on the South American adventure, the dream, they had dreamed and longed for and I recognise that's a first world problem, but it's real. And uh, they hadn't gone on it, and so he decides to, um, though the dream is past, he's still going to do the adventure. And so he sets off in his flying house with a stowaway child, um, a talking dog, and a strange bird to see Paradise Falls. It's based on a very accurately based on a true story, and and uh, so, so that's kind of the, the backdrop to this story and uh, really let's just go to the first scene it's going to set the whole thing up I think that's the first time I've watched that and not cried maybe I've watched it too many times this week they, um, such a powerful scene isn't it I reckon if, if that, that didn't move a person they probably have died you're in heaven and uh, all, all tears have ceased as the Bible says but for the rest of us I'm sure that, you know, if you haven't seen it get you like it gets me, it it always gets me. And, and and I think the reason it gets me is because deep down we know that this is life, don't we? That 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 scene there is so beautifully done because it, it captures life. It captures life on two levels. Like there, there's the there's the the the, the you know, young love and forget the detail of whether you've loved or not loved or whatever and and the, the, the journey from being young and the seasons of life and moving through it and they've got their whole life in front of them and life is long. And so many, or if you live long, and so many seasons. And then on the other side and the part that really hit me most the first time I saw it is life is short. And that's what I'm talking about. Life is long. And life is short, simultaneously life is long and life is short. One minute, Carl is, you know, he's, he's marrying the love of his life with all of life stretched out in front of them and all the seasons of their story and, and life is long and then suddenly it seems the, the season has passed and the moments are gone and all he's got is cherished memories and, and he can't hit pause to stop it there. The, the scene where they're in hospital, uh, to be honest with you, just takes me to my mum and, and I can't stop it there. I can't hit pause. Life is long and life is short. And I was thinking about how Katie, when she was seven, Katie loves being used in messages, and, and Katie, when she was seven, she came in one day and went, Dad, is it December 13 or December 14? And I went, oh, sweetie, it's December 14. And Katie was excited because... That meant she was one sleep closer to Christmas than she might otherwise have been. And when when you're seven, three weeks from Christmas, life is long, isn't it? Do you remember that? Like two days from Christmas, life is long. Uh, And then we're right now, Bronnie and I are looking at 12 weeks from now, 12, 4, 8, 12 weeks from now, inconceivable to me is that Bella will be gone to university and life is short. I remember when Dave and Brand said to me many years ago that it'll go quickly and it went slowly and then suddenly I'm grasping but I can't hit pause and life is short and if you've got two or three kids under the age of five, life, life is long, <laughs> the day is long. And I remember reading about Billy Graham when I was in my 20s sitting in the library at West Wylong. And um, the library, anyone remember the library? And sitting in the library at West Wylong and and reading about Billy Graham, probably the most influential Christian in the last hundred years, preached to more people, they say, than anybody in the history of the world. And they asked Billy Graham then in his, you know, in, in retirement years, um, but still, still practicing, but past the age of retirement, they said to him, Mr. Graham, has anything surprised you about life and all that he's seen and all that he's done and all that he'd observed, God did. He said, yes, the brevity of it. I thought all that he had seen and all that he'd done, the thing that struck him most was how brief life is. Life is short and life is long. The Bible says this in Psalm 39, verses four to seven. Lord... Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. I've been praying that prayer since my 20s. Lord, just remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. There's a fixed number. I wonder. I wonder when it is. I wonder what that number is for you. I wonder what it is for me. I was training with Lockie yesterday and he tackled me so hard. It was the third time in the last three sessions that I've come away physically damaged and so at the moment, I'm sleeping with a sore neck, sore right shoulder, and a right knee that needs surgery, and a left ankle that's sore. Most of it caused by him, not the knee, but everything else. And I said to him yesterday, Locke, I think it's time that we got a tackling bag, and I'll just hold it. Life is short, it comes on us suddenly. Remind me that my time on earth will be short. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Just do that with me, will you? Just breathe in. Take a long breath if you like and breathe out. And The Bible says, in the scheme of all things... That's your life and mine. It's a breath. It's a breath in the scheme of eternity. We're merely moving shadows and all busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth. Well, let's hope so. Not knowing who will spend it. And so sometimes we know who it is. They're already spending it now. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. And... I hope God is in you. Life's short, life's long. My hope, God is in you, and He says, as He writes the Psalm, that's His conclusion on this brief life. So, life's short. It's short in a way that we we want to make the most of it, don't you? I do. I'm sure, you do. We want to make it count? We want it to make make a difference for something and someone. And and as as I age, I want to take in the moments as well. Uh, and and because life's short, and yesterday was yesterday, Saturday. Yesterday was Saturday, and Katie got home from her first day at work, a new job, and um, she wanted to go to the library. And she said, "Dad, can you take me to the library?" And we're doing. and She said, "Sorry to be any inconvenience, Dad." And I went, "Sweetie, it's the pleasure of my life to drive you to the library." Now, when Katie was six, I was so on mission that even driving to a driving to the library was in some way an inconvenience i wow, like, don't you know what I've got to get on with? But now I'm like, I want to take in the moments, you know, because life is, is short. And so make the most of it, make it count. Take in the moments and live it in light of eternity. Oh, I want to live life, don't you, in light of eternity. Eternity is coming, sooner than we think. And uh, it's coming. Life's long, life is short. Brian, Pastor Brian Houston is where my thought came from, the heading at least. Um, he said this, we've got a long time to keep our heart right, and keep our testimony strong. He was talking about life being long and short. He said, we've got a long time to keep our heart right and our testimony strong. And speaking to people who believe, just going, yeah, it's true, right? There are a whole bunch of seasons of life. Some people live a season or two well, but but the idea is that life is long and we want to keep our heart right through every season. It gets bumped out of shape, we all do. Um, But just to keep a great heart, keep a strong testimony. And I think that really sets us up really, really well. Life is long, life is short. And here's the question we're going to answer in the minutes that we've got. How we can live it well. So here's the second video. There we go. I like hanging on for the blush. I remember that feeling. They, um, it's Dave and Brenda Norton at seven. Dave probably had a bit more fire in the belly than Carl, but I can imagine Brenda being the girl. So they uh, they're, they're, I love this scene. And the reason I love it is, is uh, when he's jumping the crack. And just the awe and the wonder... And the sense of adventure that's there, and and I, I know by degrees as you become adults that you can lose a little bit of edge on that, uh, but 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 I definitely want to live my life with a sense of awe and maintaining that sense of wonder as we go. And uh, I'll say I was in Armidale this morning. I remember walking in there a few weeks ago when everything opened, and I was just like, oh, you know, the buildings next door had been torn down, and I was excited that there was grass and. I walked in and I checked out all the kids' rooms or the two kids' rooms. I checked out the new kids' rooms and, and before anyone got there and the foyer looked spectacular and the new audience. And I just remember thinking, wow, how good is this? And as I was preparing this message, I thought, oh, there would have been somebody, maybe not there, maybe somewhere else, who would have walked in and gone, oh, why have we spent this money? We didn't need new kids' facilities ones we had were working perfectly well, new foyer, what for, first world problems. And I thought, you know what, I just want to always live with a bit of awe, even a low level, bit of wonder going on, just in my life and in my faith, because life is lived, uh, life is better when we live with awe and wonder. And uh, awe is that reverential respect, that mix of holy fear and wonder, it's that open mouth lost for words, amazed and astonished, like me driving along Kalala Lane today just going, how good is this? I can't believe it. This is incredible. And I'm looking at the crop and watch the road, look at the crop. And, and it's amazing. And I, I don't know if you've done it, imagine being the cow. I've said this to Brian. Drive. Imagine being the cow who was born in the drought and they're going, what happened? How did this happen? How good is this? They don't know that they're getting ready for slaughter. But that aside... They're like, how good? And and I reckon, I I don't know, I don't know if a cow can have awe and wonder, but if they can, right now they'd have awe and wonder, they'd be going, God, you're incredible. And and as life goes on, because Carl loses some of the wonder as life goes on, but I do want to keep it. I'm going to tell you a story I haven't told anyone, except Armadale this morning, but not my wife or... I have this dream, and... uh, it's when I'm 80. So I think we live in a time where for the church that there's a whole lot of work to go on in, in my time at least and yours and there'll be some rebuild and there'll be some beyond and we've got to seed the gospel for the next generation. There's a lot of work to do. And when I look at that historically, historically revival doesn't happen in those periods. It happens post those periods as the work's done. So in my heart... I feel like my job is to set up the next generation for revival. And I have this little picture in my head of being about 80, sitting in my lounge chair, looking out the glass window. And my child, I won't say which one, one of my children walks in and whispers and said, have you heard today, Dad? Across the country, thousands of people have come to Christ. And that just runs in my Head, I believe for that day and I feel like you know Moses he didn't go in but he saw the promised land and I want to keep that all I don't care what the media tells me they don't dictate terms God does I don't care what the government tells me I don't care what they say is trending what we know is that God is able and that God always has a plan and he thinks in terms of generations and more beyond decades and hundreds of years and thousands of years and the heart of humanity and he's able to do and so oh, I don't know about oh, I'm sure you do too I want to live with awe and wonder awe oh, it's open-mouthed it's astonished he, he to this wonder is like awe and it's it's to marvel and to be amazed. It's to be curious and awestruck. Here's the opposite. This is literally from the dictionary. The opposite of awe, listen to this, This is the opposite, is a lack of reverence, ordinary, lifeless. A lack of awe is to see things as ordinary and be lifeless. The opposite of wonder is apathy, bored, and indifference. And I'll sing about that. Think thinking about what best describes my life and faith. Awe and wonder or the opposite? And I want to live with awe and wonder. Awe and wonder does something to us. You ever have those moments? You're just in awe and it does something to us. To us and, 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 and so I want to live eyes wide open, I want to keep looking up, eyes wide open, seeing the awe being awestruck and seeing the wonder in small things, the wonderful things people do in in the creation and in, in, in humanity and in, and just in everyday life to continue to be awestruck, continue to live with wonder, and I want to keep looking up because you know when you look up, you know, Carl is sitting in the next scene on his lounge. Watching the TV screen, there's not much awe and wonder probably going to happen there. And if Carl had just taken five steps out his front door on a dark night and looked up for more than 60 seconds he would have found himself somewhere between repenting of his sins and in awe of the God who made him and calls him. Somewhere in there. I say somewhere in there because I've been at both ends of that spectrum. If you've ever been out in a dark road on a night on your own, you get out and uh, you, know, you go to the toilet if you're male and, and you, go to, you, use it, you go to the loo and then you look up and go, oh, God, I just want to make sure my heart's right first because you, I forget how awesome you are sometimes. And then I start to praise and they start to worship because awe and wonder does something in us. I love this prayer of Habakkuk. Lord, I've heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds. And, and, and he's awestruck. He's, he's got this moment going on where he's in awe of God. And what follows is a prayer going, God, do it again in our days. Because awe does something to us. Wonder does something to us, doesn't it? And, and so here's a really practical way. I want to give everyone who's a believer. Here's a really practical way to stir and keep stirring the awe in our life. Let's restore the awe in worship. Let's do it in worship. Let's, let's keep stirring that in worship. The Bible says that when you and I gather together, that their God is right in the midst of us. The God who keeps it all working, keeps it all in motion, got it all in the, uh, in the, the universe that is ever-expanding. Uh, he keeps it all in motion. And the Bible says that when we gather right now in this moment, the Bible says that he is here right in the middle of us all. And I never want to treat as common and familiar that which should fill me with awe and wonder and so just as I come to worship, I've been stirring my own heart with it. I've been to a lot of church services in my life. Some of you have too, but I want to come in. I remember, and you might have, some of you would have heard this story, but when I first became a Christian, I was less than a year in, and because I was up for everything, I ended up on the sound team. Not for long, I got sacked. I didn't realise I got sacked, but I did get moved to the greeting team. And with hindsight, I realised I got sacked. But what I remember was standing at the back of church there, standing at the back of church, and for the first time, I realised that not everybody worshipped. Like people having chat to their neighbour. Now, nothing against having chat to your neighbour. There's perfectly good reasons for that. But I'm like, I remember thinking, do you not get it? Do you not? What? I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Am I the only one not getting this? That like The Bible says that God is here in the middle of us right now and that he's going to move and that he's working and that he's God and I'm just going to God I just want to worship you and there were people talking about Sunday lunch which they could do 10 minutes later or 10 minutes before and I'm like wow I didn't understand and the awe and the wonder that we stir in the creator and it does something to us I I love these words from I actually was listening to them today all the way back from Armada well not all the way part of the way back from Armada. So what could I say? Hillsong, so what could I say and what could I do but offer this heart O oh God, completely to you? So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all. So I'll stand my soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All I am is yours. It sounds to me like the writer of the song is in this awestruck moment and writing this song and in, in that Moment of being awed at God says, oh, I surrender, God. I just surrender all over again. And I abandon everything, God, for, for, to follow you and to serve you and to know you. And it's this awestruck moment. Let's just continue to stir and restore the awe in the way we worship. And um, three, three is this. We won't go to the clip, but you capture it in the one we went to a minute ago. A youthful exuberance is better than jaded experience. Isn't that true? In the clip we're going to look at, I wish we could watch it, young Russell comes to uh, the door of the main guy and the old guy's just jaded. He's trying to get rid of the little scout boy but Russell's unperturbed. He's just full of life. He doesn't know any better yet. Hey, why don't we watch it? We've got time. we got nine minutes till it's six o'clock, and we're pretty well done, so let's watch this, this clip. I think it'll be worth it, and no, we'll wrap with this. They, uh, You know, as we, we um, try and wrap this today, it's, it's just way better. I live with youthful exuberance and jaded experience. All of us, every single one of us, if we live long enough, we have cause to be jaded. Someone will do something to you. They probably already have, and you've got cause to be jaded. I can track my life from being little and go, yep, there, 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 Cause to be jaded. But what a terrible way to go through life. And what a terrible effect for life to have on us is to end up jaded, even slightly jaded. You know, in 2013, I remember um, my heart getting hard and just thinking, oh, this is what happens to preachers who go through stuff. And I just thought to myself, I remember I had to make a decision Am I going to become that guy? Am I going to let that happen? Or am I going to, I'm going to live with a different spirit? And it was painful and it was hard, but it was worth it. I doubt I'd be here now. I'd be too jaded. Or if I would, you wouldn't be here because I'm jaded. You know, and, and, and in your life and mine, we watch a lot of people move towards being jaded. And, and I think, you know, what I love about Carl, this is what I love. He reopened the door. The jaded's creeping in, but there was enough in him to go, no, 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 let's open the door. Let's let the kid in. And he just kept open. And when the kid put his foot in the door, he didn't tell him to get it out. He was soft enough to go there. And I I, I want to live with youthful exuberance. I can live like Carl or I can live like Russell, and I know which one I want to do. And so life's short, life's long. And let's let's determine now how we're going to live, what kind of spirit we're going to live with. And I, I, to the end of my days, want to live, you know, just with a great spirit. Um, uh, You know what? Here's what jaded means as I try and wrap this. It, It means to be disinterested, dulled, to become apathetic, negative or cynical. I don't know, let's, let's determine right now if you're a person of faith. We're not going to live with cynical faith. Yep, things happen. Yep, people do stuff. Yep, people let us down. Yep, things happen. Yep, people do stuff. Yep, people let us down. That's why Jesus said, forgive 70 times 7. He said, hey, here's where I want it to be. Here's how it should be. Why does he say that to us? Because that's what he extends to us as well. And, you know, we, we need way more grace than we realise most of the time and it's extended to us. And so let's, let's be those. On the other side of it, exuberance means to live with buoyancy. Do you like that? Cheerfulness, sunnyness, unrestrained enthusiasm and joy. High spirited. It's not a personality type. It's not for the charismatic extrovert. It's an internal state. It's an internal way of being is to live with, with exuberance. And so I just reckon let's go. It's not a gift. Nobody got the gift of exuberance or joy. Nobody got the gift, thank God, of jadedness but we get to choose what we're going to live with, what kind of spirit we're going to live with, and say, let's choose it. Let's keep seeing all the beautiful things. Let's keep seeing all the things that are great, all the things. Walked in tonight, and I saw Kim on the door. You know, I've known Kim since we were young. Well, she's still youngish. But I've known her since she was young. I still, every time, go to call her by her unmarried name. How many years have you been married for? Twenty? Five? Yeah, I still go to call her by her unmarried name. And... But you know what, when, honestly when I see Kim, it's just joy. It's like Wayne. Wayne and we, we, were, we were, Bron and I were leaving church the other day and he was with his brother and we saw him out the back and we just stopped and we got out. And I remember when we got in the car after it, Wayne, we just went, how good is Wayne? And his brother's just like him. Like they're just, they they just got, honestly, they just got a little bit of, you can just see it in them, just that little bit of, I don't know, innocent joy going on. I want to live with that. I want to live. Lockie, Lockie will regularly say to me, we make a joke at home. I realise that in some ways I trained my son to be confident and uh, he wrote me a letter. Uh, we picked up on a letter that he'd... Uh, something that I'd said years ago to him. We are going to the, a bathroom, a toilet somewhere in public space and I said, you know what, son? You know what? And he went, oh, I know, Dad. I'm the best we are in the world. And someone, Nat Urquhart, reminded me of it. That's what happened. Recently I thought, okay, I was probably a little bit too affirming. Um, but the reality is, what I love about Locke, Locke, Locke comes to life ready to go. He's like, he's up for it. And I'm like, I want to be like that. I want to carry that spirit. I want to live with youthful exuberance. I don't want to get jaded. I reckon let's determine today. Let's go, you know what? Stuff's happened. Let's determine. I'm not going to live jaded. i going to live with exuberance going to keep opening the door, going to keep letting it in, going to keep just going there, let's just keep going there. One day we're going to wake up, maybe there already, going to wake up, going to be an old person, young people will be going to you, who's that crazy old guy? There was was a family here the other week, uh, 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 come to church, they've been watching online, they're moving here and um, they came to our house and my kids said, dad you're just over the top. And they wrote me a thing and said, the kids said you were really enthusiastic. I'm like, I don't know if that's good or bad. But I thought, you know what? I'm just taking it as good. Let's be, let's be overly exuberant. Let's bring that to life. Let's, I reckon it's a great reflection on Jesus, don't you? That, that we would be the non-jaded in a jaded world. This is a jaded world. That we would be the exuberant. That we'd bring joy and all those kinds of things. And uh, so let's continue to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.